Hey, welcome to Church Alive's podcast. We are so blessed and so honored that you could join us here today. We hope this message is something fresh, real, and powerful for your life. Our mission here is to reach, teach, and empower people to impact their generation for Christ. Thanks for joining in and enjoy the message. Come on, let's give Sejio to the team a hand. How do you think John's jacket was just off the hook? That red, shiny, whatever that thing was. How many think I could pull it off? I don't think so. Maybe awkward. Are you doing good? Hey, we have one more service tonight. I just want to let you, you know, it's not every day you just give away $40,000. That's our Giving Christmas Away team. This Sunday, today, we're literally giving away close to $40,000. This is the generosity of your life and our church. Incredible team. When you stand your feet, we're going to pray and just believe that the touch of God is going to come upon your life in a real way. You know, yesterday, I told the story, we've had three services, our third service, and um, I took my son up to a place where he likes to climb and rock climb and do uh, salmon ladders, I think it was. He rocked his first one yesterday for the first time. And anyway, right before we got there, I, I, we were hungry, and I'm like, man, what can we get? We drop in this place. We're about to get a protein bar. fresh Koreans of God. It really is. I literally walked away. It's just, I need to do fresh Korean more. I'm just believing for fresh Korean food. Something fresh in your soul, something fresh in your thinking. Guys, you're just going to walk away. It's just like, man, that was good. You're going you're gonna to have to come back and come back and come back. It's like, oh man, that's good. Come on, let's pray as I spit on you. Heavenly Father, thank you and love you and praise you right now. Every man, every woman, every family represented, every child across in our kids' space. God, those who would uh, listen online in the name of Jesus, touch their world when they need it. Encourage and uplift. Thank you for the generosity of this church. Thank you that we can meet real needs. And I thank you, Jesus, that we're simply doing that to model after you. So I pray right now that you would Breathe upon your saints and your sons and your daughters a fresh breath of life. Help them be the people they're called to be. Help them have an incredible Christmas. Help them build great families, I pray. Help us have an incredible 2019, I pray. Lord, I just believe you for incredible things right now. Come on, let's, let's pray this prayer together. Jesus, speak to my heart. Change my life. I need you. In your powerful name. And everyone said... What'd you get me for Christmas? You can grab your seat. Grab your seat. This isn't a lengthy conversation. <laughs> You're like, really? What did you get me for Christmas? Um, when I say the word hope, what do you think of? What, what, what comes to mind? Anyone, just give me, uh, what comes to mind when I say hope? Vacation, all right. Anything else? What else comes to mind? 
my daughter, anticipation, lots of things come to mind, right? But hope in our culture, the word hope is, is kind of weak, if you know what I mean. Like, I hope to get a promotion, as Peter was talking about. I hope to, my wife's going to buy me a certain thing. I hope for maybe a boyfriend, a girlfriend, if you're single. I hope for numerous different things. We hope for a lot of things. I was uh, taking my daughters to the mall uh, yesterday, which a couple of days before Christmas, when you've got two young kids, probably is not the will of God. It's jammed, it's jacked. Like when, when a daughter's three, I mean, know that really it's hard to shop. You're like, does this fit? And you're like, where's my daughter again? And, and, uh, and, and really, you can't really shop with a three-year-old. It's just, it's, it's basically impossible. Like uh, honestly, when, when shop assistants have to tell you to behave or get your kids under control, like that's bad. <laughs> my wife's like, that. I forgot to tell her that, yeah. I literally had to tell my daughter, I'm like, honey, you're embarrassing me because people are talking to me. And, and there was all kinds of other things that were embarrassing too, let me tell you. Anyway, but that word hope, it, so Shelly says to me on the way home, it was kind of this cool moment, on the way home, she was like, Daddy, um, when I'm older, am I going to have a million dollars? And I was like, I hope so. And then she was like, Daddy, because let's be honest, everyone wants a mansion, I was like, all right, that's what we're thinking about. Let's do it. <laughs> and she's like, if you put your money together and mummy's mummy together and, and Benny's dollars together and Shelly's dollars together and then Hopi's cents together, like, will we, can we get a mansion? And I'm like, depends how much money Hope's hiding from me. I'm not sure if she's a big baller or not. Like, my wife didn't tell me she invested in Bitcoin when it was, you know, none of those things, okay? And so we hope for a lot of things, and, and hope is, is someday, and it's far away, and it's almost ethereal, it's, it's, it's dreamy, it's like a cloud that comes and goes. But I want to suggest this today, when it comes to your life, and it comes to hope, and it comes to the Bible, is that hope is actually this incredible foundation when it comes to Scripture. Hope in Scripture is not one day or someday or far, far away or maybe. Hope is a person. He holds hope. He is, he is it's like the sun coming up today. I, I drove to church this morning and as I looked across the King's Court area, the sun was really just coming on up and I didn't say to myself, oh, I'm so glad it came up today. Why? Because every day it's coming on. And I want to suggest to you today that, that hope, not in your situation, not in your circumstance, they come like the wind and they come like the clouds and they go like the clouds. But hope, when it's in the person of Christ, it is eternal, it is guaranteed, it is faithful. Can I get a good amen? amen. Why don't we jump into a passage of Scripture, Luke chapter 1. It's Dr. Luke. Um, I, I want to suggest, I want to not suggest that. I want to talk about that for a moment because the writer of the Gospel of Luke is actually Dr. Luke. And his language is very certain. It's, um, it almost sounds like lawyer speak. It sounds like an accountant wrote it. It's very strategic. And the reason I want to bring that up to you and, and teach among this line is because when you and I say hope or when you and I say faith, um, sometimes people say, I only believe in those things which we see. I want to make a case to you today that Christianity did not start by just one thought or one person dreaming of something. No, they saw things. It was certain. They had eyewitnesses. They investigated it like they saw it. And so when they were speaking to people about it, there was nothing hopey about it. It was certain. 
Does that make sense? Luke chapter 1 says this, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled. Someone say fulfilled. Fulfilled. Among us, just as they were handed down to us by those from the first were eyewitnesses. This is them making up stuff. The Bible actually says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, there were over 500 witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Like if you murdered someone and 500 people saw you, it's game over, sunshine. Right? This is a, a fact of history. And the Bible says in Sermons of the Word, verse 3, with this in mind, since I myself, this is Dr. Luke speaking, he says, I've carefully investigated everything from the beginning. I too decided to write an orderly account uh, for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know, I want you to say this with me, the certainty. Come on, say the, we'll try it one more time, the certainty of the things that you have been taught. There's nothing in this language that's dreamy, is there? It's very lawyer-speak. It's very accountant-like. It's very doctorish. It's, it's like he's a, um, a CSI investigator, right? He is gathering the evidence in the case, and he is presenting it. And so when we talk about eyewitnesses and investigation and certainty, it is the language of the Bible when it comes to faith. See, faith Often people of faith get a hard time because you can't see it, but there's got to be some evidence to your faith. There has to be. I believe that God will give you enough evidence to believe upon Him. Now, I found that this world will give you enough evidence to disbelieve Him too. There'll be enough pain. There'll be enough disappointment. There'll be enough sorrow in your world. But I want to suggest to you that the God of heaven will give you a shining star. The God of heaven will give you a star, and if you are wise, you will buck some of the things that you're even doing, and you will pay attention to it. Are you with me? The Bible actually says this in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, speaking of the prophecy, 800. Someone say 800. Isaiah is the eagle-eyed prophet, and he prophesies the birth of Jesus Christ 800 years before Jesus shows up. Watch his language. He says this, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. The Bible says a light has dawned, speaking of the town of Galilee itself. And then he says this, For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given. I love God's language because actually Jesus had not come yet. God says to Abram, you'll be a father of many nations before he ever ever has a kid. God says to Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor before he's even, he's still hiding in a cave. God says to Simon, you're no longer Simon, but Peter, God speaks about your situation long before you ever believe it. And 800 years before Jesus ever comes, Isaiah the prophet says, for unto us a son is given, unto us a a child is born. And you're like, Jesus, no, it's not. Hasn't happened yet. And God's like, watch it. Because he's certain. God's not hoping for things. He's He's not hoping the magic trick goes right. He's not hoping he gets the right card under the deck, if you know what I mean. He's not hoping, neither do his messages. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 says this, We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and steadfast. Come on, say firm and secure. Someone say, it's an anchor. 
when the winds of life blow against your soul, when, when the waves come against your life, the Bible says that faith and hope and Jesus, the person of Christ, it'll be an anchor. And some people will look at you and say, how do you have peace in the storm? And, and, and they don't see the anchor. I want to tell you today that God is an anchor. God is a strength. God is a hope in a time of bad times. Can I get a good amen? amen? You know, our hope might be flaky sometimes. Sometimes you and I hope for things. I remember hoping for different things at different points in my life. And you look back now, and you're like, that was just kind of weird. That was flaky. You ever hope for something that didn't happen? But then later, I've noticed that if I hope in God, some of those things that I thought I wanted, I thought I needed, and all that kind of stuff... He brings them about at His time. He brings them about at His life. My goodness, He is an anchor. I believe that hope must be fed, though. Hope is like a muscle that must be used. If you don't use the muscle, it atrophies. And when it atrophies, actually sarcasm and, and, and cynicism comes over that muscle. See, sometimes you and I hope for certain things. I was chatting to a friend of mine just uh, actually today, and he said, you know, I'd hope for this, and I'd hope for that, and I'd hope for that. But now it looks like God is breaking through. He literally got a miracle. I'm talking about a, a verified, like, how in the world do you explain that type of miracle kind of stuff? But sometimes you hope and hope. But God is, a, is an ever-present help in time of trouble. Can I get a good amen, church alive? Come on, if anyone believes that God is a God of hope, can we give the Lord a hand in the house? Luke chapter 1, verse 11 says this, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense, when Zacharias saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. And you are to call him John. And he will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and to make a ready a people prepared for the Lord. But Zechariah asked the angel, he's old, he's hoped before, he's had his hope disappointed. He says this, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, my wife is well along in years, like we've never been able to have a kid, God. And the angel Gabriel looks at him and, and Zechariah says, my hope has been up before, how do I know? And what I love about Gabriel is he literally just says to him, I am Gabriel. Like he says, I am a messenger from God. Like if you doubt, he, he was so, he was, Gabriel's so used to hanging out with God that lying is so absent from his way of thinking that when he says something, he knows it's for certain. Gabriel shows up and he says, how do I know? He says, I'm Gabriel. I am flipping Gabriel. Do you know who I am? He's like, what? I'm Gabriel. It's like, okay. He's like, I stand in the presence of God. And it's like, I hang around the Holy of Holies. I, I literally stare at the one who made the heavens and the earth. And he sent me on assignment to, to bring a word to you, a word of hope and a word of miracles. And I have come that you might have life. And it is an incredible word. And then he says to him something. He says, because you doubted me, you'll be quiet. Sometimes God needs to shut you up. Sometimes God needs to say, hush, stop talking. You're about to ruin the miracles of God in your life. 
stop talking. Just zip it. Like zipit.com, like zip it. How many of you need to zip it sometimes? Right? God's moving in your life and, and good things are happening in your life and you came to church and you got an infusion of hope, you got an infusion of faith, you got an infusion of peace. You'll come to the house of God and you'll sense God just, just, just moving in your life. And sometimes, listen, I feel like I have a word for someone right now. Some of you are married, you come to church, you get hope infused in you, faith infused to you. And some of you on the way home, if you can't say anything positive, you just need to shut up. I'm serious. You just need to put the music on and say, hey, babe, I, uh, that was awesome. Let's be quiet now. <laughs> how, how do I know this? Why? Because it's almost like the devil sees that you've got an infusion of hope. You've got an infusion of purpose. You've got an infusion of faith. And he's, it's almost like he gets nervous. It's like, crap, how can I ruin it? Well, let's just come in their car a little bit and let's just have them talk and remind each other about what they've done wrong. And you got blessed in church and hope in church and faith in church and so forth and you're feeling good. And then all of a sudden there's this little voice, why don't you just bring up the past? <laughs> See, the past is always good to talk about. Haven't you noticed that? <laughs> and the devil's come to rob your faith, rob your hope. He's come to rob your peace. Like I went to church and now this is what's happening. Maybe it's before church, and you're showing up before church, and showing up late to church, and it's just like shouting at each other and getting mad at each other. We can't be late for church. <laughs> and one of you's relaxed, and one of you's tight and on time, right? <laughs> I'll leave her. <laughs> I will head to church without her. I'll get blessed by myself. <laughs> you know you won't. <laughs> Look, I want you to come on time to church and all that kind of stuff, but there's no point in having World War III on the way to church. Someone, ha someone give me a good amen. amen. <laughs> Before I say to you that hope, the name of our series is Hope Has Come, I want to tell you today that hope is certain. Hope is concrete. Hope is steadfast. Hope is an anchor to the soul. Hope Though has been investigated, hope had eyewitnesses, hope is history, hope is present, hope is past, hope is eternal. The one who holds it is eternal. His name is Jesus. The Bible says in verse 31, Luke 1, 31, you'll conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great. And we called son of the Most High God, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob, speaking of Israel, descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. I want you to notice Mary's response to the angel, Luke 1, 38. She says this, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. Hear this now. May your word to me be fulfilled. May your word, not to my mother-in-law, not to my cousin, not to my grandma, not to, not to anyone else. May your word to my buddy next to me. No, may your word to me be fulfilled. Because faith must be personal. 
God has no grandkids. He only has sons and daughters. You must receive Jesus yourself. You must have hope yourself. Don't put your hope in your mom's faith. Don't put your hope in your, your dad's faith. Put it in. Make sure that it is personal to you. Make sure it's not just a religion going through the rituals, going through the motions, showing up to church. This is what we do. I want to tell you today, hope has come. But hope wants to knock on your door, on your heart. Hope wants to come in here. If he hasn't come in here, trust me, he will knock on the door of your heart. He'll give you a star at night sometimes. He'll give you an emptiness sometimes. He, he, hear me now. Some of you have heard the word a lot, so much, and, and, and you've been running from it. I just feel this in my spirit. You've been running from it for a long time, and you try to party, and you try to have such a fun time, you kind of have a fun time, but you feel guilty about it afterwards. Because the word's been sown in you and it bothers you. And you're just like, well, how come I can't party like everyone else? Because you've had the word deposited in your heart. You've had the word just, just, just seal you. You're like, you're trying to party. You're like, oh, how come I'm getting convicted in the club? You're like, leave me alone, Jesus. I'm just trying to get my groove on. You've had the word deposited in you, and God will just annoy you sometimes. How's this? How's this? Check this out. I just tell you, I didn't tell the other people this story. This is a funny story, though. Years ago in Australia, I went to, to a place and um, walked in with a friend to this one bar, and this girl comes up to me, and she's like, hey, my friend will tell you, she wants to dance with you, and she'll buy you a beer and stuff like that. And I was like, well, we can just dance real quick. And then she's like, um, she was like, something different about you. Like, what's the deal? I'm like, oh, I'm actually a Christian and so forth. And she literally was like, oh, I just got baptized three months ago. And I was like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> like, because I wasn't trying to be inappropriate with her or nothing. I was just like, okay, we can dance a little, you know. And, and, and I, I promise you, she, she literally was like, oh, you, you go, I just got baptized. And she literally was like, oh, it's, it's like I can't even sin with you. God was bothering her. God, like the word had been deposited in her. And me. <laughs> right? It does take two to tango. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Let me give you three thoughts real quick. Because hope has come, but some people miss hope. Hope is here. Hope is certain. Hope has been given to humanity. Hope has been given, but you can miss hope. Wouldn't it be such a shame to celebrate Christmas for 80, 90 years? Get a Christmas tree and presents on it. Give Christmas away, even show up to church on Christmas and actually realize that you never got Christmas. What a terrible, terrible thing. Let me give you real quick. The busy missed God. When Jesus showed up, the busy missed God. The busy people. They're knocking on the door. Mary and Joseph, is the room in the inn? Is the room in the hotel? And they're like, no, we're full. Guess what? 
if Jesus shows up at your door and, and it's time for Mary to have a baby, um, if you let him in and then you put a sign later, this is where Jesus was born, guess what? You're going to be a billionaire. <laughs> People are going to come for, for thousands of years to your hotel and go, this is where Jesus was born. <laughs> How mad would you be at yourself if you're the owner of the inn? And you're like, oh, Mary knocked on my door. This is awkward, Mary. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was busy. God knocks on your door and says, are you busy? Can I come in? Like, I'm busy, Jesus. Bad time of year, Jesus. Spring break, Jesus. Going about to go to Las Vegas, Jesus. <laughs> we go on vacation, Jesus, after that. Listen, the time he knocks is the time to open the door. I promise you. Listen, listen, often God knocks on the door of the heart and then it's like, it's like the devil comes along and goes, oh, he's close to faith. Let me distract him. Number two, real quick. Stuck in religious ritual. They miss Jesus. The wise men see a star and they follow it for perhaps weeks, months perhaps. And they see it. Shepherds come and they worship Jesus. Angels literally come and worship Jesus. But the people of Israel of that day were so busy with whatever they were doing, which was obviously way more important. See, your family tradition and my family tradition is one of the greatest things that God can do in your life. Just give you a healthy, godly, a good family tradition. But one of the things that I have discovered often is that sometimes our family culture or our family tradition or our religious upbringing is one of our greatest hindrances to actually experiencing the life Jesus has for you. You see, I, I hear, I've heard over the years people say stuff like this, like our family doesn't forgive people quickly. That's the dumbest thing, or at least the top 10 you've ever said. <laughs> and people go to church for years, and they're like, you know what, I'm not, we're not, and they'll say this, we're not good at forgiving people, or I don't forgive quick, quickly. How about you say this, I used to be terrible at forgiving people, but now, by the grace of God, because I don't want to walk in bitterness and resentment, I'm actually awesome at it. You need to say that. You need to say, we used to be so bad at forgiving people. We'd hold on to grudges for years. But now, because I'm wise and I listen to the word and I believe that forgiveness is a good thing and bitterness sucks, I forgive people. Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Yeah. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Are you with me? Even actions founded in truth can enslave people if the actions become more important than the one you seek. Coming to church, communion, those type of religious moments and religious rituals, if you don't allow Jesus to deal with your heart, my goodness, preaching. What's weird is I'm a preacher and preaching can become religious. Prayer can become religious. Reading the Bible can become religious because you can read the Bible and go, well, look at me, how much I read the Bible. And become self-righteous about it. But you've got to allow God to just soften your heart. That's a, that's a daily thing. That's a regular thing. Can you, if you believe that, just give the Lord a shout. Come on. Yeah. Number three, real quick. I'll have the worship team to come. 
Number three, those who were all about their own power. Daniel. I love you, man. One day, my musical skill will be as good as yours. Those who were all about their own power, Matthew chapter 2, watch this now, said, get up, he said, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. We sing the song like, holy night, silent night, and we kind of think it was this beautiful, beautiful night, and angels were singing all kinds of stuff. But here's a king that all of a sudden gets on assignment who wants to kill Jesus. Why does someone want to kill baby Jesus? because they were trying to protect their own kingdom. Herod was about his power. Herod was threatened by Jesus coming in. Herod was threatened that he would lose his control. Herod thought that his life would be better if he decided its own fate. Herod is like you and me sometimes when we say, God, I don't need you. I'll do my own thing. I'll, I'll get my own kingdom and this will be my deal. Stay away. And if I ever need you, I'll give you a shout out. Like that's what Herod did. And Herod tries to kill Jesus. Why? Because he wants to control his own kingdom. When you want to control your own kingdom, you actually lose your own kingdom. But like Mary, who surrendered her kingdom and her desire to the very person of Jesus and said, Jesus, be born in me, which is a picture and the essence of Christianity. Now, all of a sudden, she becomes one of those powerful people ever on the planet. I know about you. I think that's good. Because I know, listen, why the message of Jesus, without question, along the philosophies of men, among the religions of man, is the most unique, the, the most attractive. It has the best promises. It says, listen, I'm gonna forgive everything you've ever done, past, present, future. I will bless your life. I will go with you. I'll give you abundant life. I'll give you purpose for now. I'll give you everything and I'll give you eternity. And then you're gonna to go to a place where like the streets are gold. You know that money's not a problem if the streets are gold. Blessing's not a problem. I mean, is, is the Lord just showing off? He's just like, you know what? I'm just going to do highways of gold. The Bible says that the gift of righteousness is offered to every single one of us. But the only reason we would not accept it is if we're too busy. Can I get a good amen? Is there anyone that believes that in Church Alive? Hope has come. Have you received it? Have you received it? Do you walk with it? Can you give it out to other people?
eyes. Would you close your eyes with me? I'm going to take a moment right now and pray such an important prayer. And I'd love to include our whole church family in this prayer. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Anthony, I have religion, but I don't think I've ever really invited God into my heart. I've been too busy for Him. Maybe ritual got in the way. Maybe religion, maybe family tradition got in the way. Or maybe you're simply trying to protect your own little kingdom. I just want to encourage it again. Listen, if you let go of your kingdom, He'll give you His. All across this place, we're going to pray a prayer. And that prayer is to receive the grace of God. It's to say, yes, I need my heart to be cleansed. I can't do it on my own. I need Jesus. All across this place, no one moving around at this time. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, thank you for, setting, for being the gift for my heart. I receive it now. Your forgiveness, your grace. I pray that the purpose of God would come to pass in my life, in my family. I declare your kingdom come in me, in my heart, in my mind, in my destiny. I surrender to you. I open the door. Thank you for coming in. All across this place, my heads are bowed and eyes are closed. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If you prayed that prayer, you might have received Christ for the very first time. We just say, Pastor Anthony, I know the spiritual condition of my life was not where it needed to be. And I'm, I'm, I'm giving my heart back to Christ. At one time, I walked with Him, but I know for the last couple of years, I have not. And so I'm asking Jesus to come back into my heart. He never left it, but you've got to give Him Lordship again. So all across this place, my heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Would you quickly let me know? One, two, three. Hands go up all over this place. Thank you, sir. Thank you, man. Long enough for me to see it. Thank you, sweetheart. That's awesome. That lady in the middle, that lady in the middle, those in the back right there, that guy in the back, and that one in the back. And, man, awesome to see it. That one on the side over there, that one in the back. Man, God bless you so much. You can put your hand down right now. Father, I thank you for every hand, every man, every woman, every heart. Oh, God, would you bless your people? reality the presence of God comes so rich in this house. Let the gift of Jesus be so evident in our lives across this week. Presence of God increase in this place right now. Fill each life, fill each person, I pray. Fill us where we might need it, Lord. Give you all the praise and the honor. Come on all across this place. We put our hands together. Come on, do you receive God's word today? Once again, thank you guys for checking us out at Church Alive. If you want to hear more of these messages and want to just hear more about what's going on in the life of our church, make sure to follow us on social media so you can hear more messages just like this and just really hear what's going on in the life of our church. We'll see you this weekend. Have a great week.